All right, we're getting low on gigawatts, running out of power in the flux capacitor. Our time travel is coming to an end. And we might just be living in the best time ever for horror movies. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from MadWolf.com. Now, wait a minute. Just last week, you said, and I agreed, that the last decade that we did from 2000 to 2009 was the best. Now, Open you, your mind, what are you George. Saying? What are you saying? Just open yourself. <laughs> Open yourself up to the truth that it's, it's right now is the best time to be making horror movies and certainly the best time to be seeing horror movies. Okay, well, we will, we will discuss because uh, we're moving up to present day. We are going from 2010 to, 2000, to now, yeah, the first to half right now. of mm-hmm. the 2010s. Uh, and there's some good stuff here as we count down not only our top five, but a bunch that didn't make it. And yeah. you look, we look at this list that didn't make it and go, what? Yeah, I know. They're, they're awesome. Before we jump into that, though, as, as always, we want to thank some people for complaining. And also, <laughs> we got one. Congratulations for getting it right, so that's good. But uh, our buddy, our old buddy at Knack Mac, he, he finally listened to the 90s podcast and had a, a couple of, of good bones of contention. Candyman. He wanted, to, he wanted to at least hear about Candyman, yeah, even okay. if it didn't make the list. And also The Vanishing. And we're going to just, through the generosity of our own hearts, assume he means the original of Warloose, not the remake. So, yeah, because... I'm sure, because he's a, he's, a, he's a sound hearted individual okay. and i'm sure he did not mean that awful remake yeah because the, the 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 original vanishing i can't you know when we first brought that up when you first read me uh his his comment thank you uh, and you can always uh, tweet at us we're at mad wolf m-a-d-d-w-o-l-f and uh, we love to keep this conversation going as always i didn't really think the first thought in my head was that the vanishing the original vanishing wasn't even really a horror movie and he said oh no it is i think it is yeah I, no I, I think it is I, and i, and I don't want to say thriller. why because if you if you haven't seen it yeah i don't want to spoil that no. but it's definitely one you don't want to spoil, but I, I, I do. I think it's really? a horror movie. I thought movie, it yeah. more of a thriller, but Maybe okay, because I'll go I'm there. But what? Claustrophobic. Okay, don't say anymore. <laughs> but the, 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 the original is much more chilling. The, the remake just wimped out yeah. in a big way. Yeah. So, Knack Mac, we're going we're gonna to guess that you, that you think uh, you're, you're talking about the original, the foreign film. So. But then last week we did, like you said, 2000 to 2010, and, or 2009. Well, we didn't say anything about Candyman yet, did we? Oh, well. What did you think, Candyman, real quick? That's some cool stuff. It does have some cool stuff. I like and when he opened his coat and he had all those... Uh, he's a great character. Yeah, he is. And oh my God, that voice. And yeah. the thing is, I can't see that actor in anything else without calling him Candyman. I mean, <laughs> I it, it really it made an and impression. And then Virginia Madsen. I know. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But yeah, it has some... It uh, does, it does. We're not going to talk the sequels, but um, yeah, the original Candyman mm-hmm. has some visuals, so... Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. So, yeah, but the, you know, there were so many. It was crazy how many to choose from 2000, 2009. And our buddy uh, Craig Hunter over at ScreenRelish.com. The two of us write all the time for ScreenRelish.com. And, and he is um, uh, an avid listener and a very helpful contributor. He always tells us what he thinks, which is great. <laughs> yeah. And he made a really, really great, uh, he had a great thought. We did not mention the Oscar-nominated and brilliant Shadow of a Vampire. Yeah. That's a great movie. It really is. That's a great movie. Oh, my God, Willem Dafoe. Plus, it's a great concept, and we love... Uh, we love the original Nosferatu that You're this right. is kind of playing on. Yeah. So yeah, that William was Defoe, fantastic oh. performance. Oh, oh my god! And uh, who's the uh, Eddie Izzard? Oh yeah, Eddie Izzard, Eddie Izzard <laughs> yeah. was great. If you're an Eddie Izzard fan for his comedy, you got to check this out. Oh yeah, and Malkovich, John Malkovich oh, was well, great. Yeah. He played Murnau and he was yeah. great too. So I mean, so the good. whole movie and yeah. it's just so clever and, and how, it's so well done. I know. I love how and Mur- Udo Kier, the Udo effortlessly, Kier. effortlessly yeah. weird Always Udo Kier, just his eyes alone. Oh yeah. But I love how Murnau and just treats. Max Shrek, you know, treats, oh, yeah. treats the, you know, just orders him around and treats it's, it's hilarious. It's darkly funny, but, oh, yeah. but really well done. So good, good call there. 
What else we got? Over on Facebook, our friend Bridget pointed out, and actually Craig as well, they both, and it's funny to me, I didn't realize Hostel 2 is remembered better than Hostel, but but though that's both of them. They kind of recommended both, but but both of them, I think, prefer Hostel 2, and we didn't mention really either one. Um, and they are, you know what, they're they're better than people thought they were when they came out. They, they definitely are that. Okay, yeah, I mean, I know they have an audience, and, and, and I know that... Uh that's fine. I'm not going to quibble with that. Uh, they're just it's just not my bag. Right. They're not my thing. I know. Um but if but that's that's cool, you know, if you, if you like that. Good on you. But we got one. Congratulations. And, and uh, I think a, a new a new friend uh, at Stalker Film and uh, they liked that we counted cuz uh, if you, you may or may not remember we cheated and we had a tie for number 5. <laughs> so Well that's well, all right. We went to the judges and <laughs> and the judges are us and we said you can cheat. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so, so we had a tie. Our, our second number 5 was Wolf Creek and at Stalker Film was happy to see that. Oh, so Love love Wolf it, yeah, Creek. Yeah, you can't not have no, that. No, see, on. That's, that's impossible. One. Well, see that's one. I just said that, you know, Hostel and Hostel 2 aren't my bag. There are some people, and actually some horror film fans, that they oh, Wolf Creek is not their bag. They don't see the, they don't see the um, the merit in it, which I just can't oh, understand. Well, we'll fight about that all uh, day. I then. love because John Jarrett is so he's great. He's so good. Oh my god, he's so great. That, right. that you you spend the whole movie hoping he's an actor. <laughs> you know, like you think to yourself, I think yeah. this cast is in is in jeopardy yeah, right exactly. now. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So yeah, all good stuff, and uh, we haven't even got into our our top five of the first half. Of the 2010. So let's do that. Okay. With one that, does everybody love this? I think they do. Well, I know a couple people that don't, which we'll, we won't get into. Couple My of, sister doesn't like it very much, which was crazy. Friends. Yeah. Well, we've already established she doesn't. She's not a credible. No, Joy. Joy doesn't oh. like it. Oh, okay. That's crazy talk right wow. there. All right. That is crazy talk. Well, let's concentrate on the people that do. And at number five, it's the cabin in the woods. Time says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. And to get you there, getting back. That's your concern. The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. I seriously believe something weird is going on. We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? Yeah, the cabin in the woods is such. It's fun. It's scary. It's smart. There's so much to like about it. Of all the of all the self referential horror films that there are in the world, this might be the best. And it's it's so clever and it's so joyous. It's such a has such a love of horror movies that if you love horror movies, I think it's hard not to just get giddy about it. Yeah, it's there's it's meta as we've you know yeah. the term has come to be known. It celebrates what's great about horror movies, but it does it in such a smart way. It. Probably partly because it's co-written by Joss Whedon. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, yeah he's shown yeah. he can pretty much do any genre of film and do it well. And then Drew Goddard directed, and I got to interview Drew Goddard. Uh, oh, wait, let me let me bend over and pick up that name you dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it no, was um, that's very cool. It was I was I was uh, very giddy and and silly the whole time because it was <laughs> I had just seen the movie and it's so great. No, you weren't half as giddy there <laughs> as when the first time you interviewed interviewed Bruce Campbell. No, that was embarrassing. What I embarrassed an embarrassing myself. Mess. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! The second time, yeah. Someday you're gonna you're gonna interview uh, Katy Perry, and we'll see who <laughs> behaves worse. The second time we interviewed uh, Bruce Campbell, much better. Thank you. And I don't think he remembered you um, <laughs> from the first cackling goofball. Yeah. You think he forgot that He's one? He's so cool. He's so He's cool the on the phone, ever. and uh, you know, speaking of dropping names. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's so true. Um, it's it shows a 
you know, a, not a reverence for the material, a love for the material. Yeah. You're, they're celebrating it. Yeah. You know, all the, the trappings, all you know, the time, you're deconstructing out in the woods. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just so well done. It's creepy. It's scary. You're afraid of the, uh, you know, of the hillbilly zombies. What a great choice. But then it throws that twist in at the end. Oh, yeah. Plus the elevator ride. Greatest elevator ride. Elevator oh, ride. Oh, my God. And the big superstar oh. cameo at the end, oh, which is yeah. perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, I just love every frame of that movie. It's so much fun. And it was hard, as it always is. It was hard for us to decide what was going to be number five. Oh, um, so hard. You know, the list of almost number fives. Although, you know, once you boil it down, we had to just say, Captain of the Woods is just a better film than the yeah. ones that didn't make it. Yeah. But I'm going to quick we rundown. Could've, we could have gone to the judges and had a tie with about 20 films. I know. <laughs> We'd I be know. here all day. And the thing is, there's one movie that I have been trying to get onto the podcast since we started for one reason or another, and it never quite makes it. And, and that was the one that originally I thought was going to be number five, and it, it's not. And that's The Woman. Oh, the woman. Which I love. Yeah. What is that actress's name? Pollyanna McIntosh. Oh, man. So great. Yeah. So great. That's one. Uh, there's probably a few movies like this, but that's one where if you come across somebody who has seen the woman, you just kind of give yourself that knowing that's look. Right. Like, oh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. We've yeah, seen we've it. Been it. We've been it. We've seen it. We've been there. We've but been speaking of the, the woman, you know, another great one, uh, uh, the woman in black. Yeah. And, and we were so happy that that was good because... Our son is a huge, huge Harry Potter fan, so we kind of feel like Daniel Radcliffe grew up, grew up playing ping pong in our basement. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> exactly. we just want him to do well. So we were so happy that it that was, was surprisingly good. good in an old school yeah. haunted house, just fun sort of way. Uh, yeah, uh, that one I like that one. Yeah, yeah. the sequel was bad. The sequel was bad, but it but, was good. You yeah. know, another great one. I know you love it. I love it. The Last Circus. Oh, the last circus. That actually yeah. was very close to making this list. That's that was closer freaky. than that the others. Freaky. That yeah. I love that one so yeah. much. And, and again, it, these are these. This is a list of movies that didn't quite make but it, but that you should see anyway. You should, oh yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. That shows you why these these years are so so. They're just full stocked. Of great movie, great horror movies. Yeah, and this, and I know Bridget on Facebook will agree. Another one that uh, we you know kicked around was Kill List. Man, thank you. The, yeah, Kill List is great <gasps> from that first. One of the first kills where the guy goes, thank you. Oh, my God. That's where it just takes a turn. You're like, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. So good. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Kill List, yeah. And one that I know you loved uh, a lot, actually, that I think maybe you didn't expect to, the remake of The Evil Dead or the reboot of The Evil Dead. I really enjoyed that because, you know, don't throw things at me. The original Evil Dead is, no, it doesn't really, but uh, I came out of that. Yeah. that I like it. I like the whole series, and yeah. I didn't really expect to like the the reboot. Oh, yeah. But it was great, and partly I think because Diablo Cody was one of the writers, and I feel like you can you can feel her yeah. pen all over that yeah. thing. Yeah, it's and a that's good a lot one. of blood. It's a lot of blood. I lo- yeah, I really enjoyed that one, huh? And then um, a couple, of, uh, uh, all of these the last ones there. They're pretty underseen. Most of them are foreign. Um, Snowtown Murders, Australian movie. I, I love so I much. I don't that. think he did. It's so good. Okay. It's so good. Big Bad Wolves mm-hmm. is Israeli. So Which, good. by the way, did you notice? We mentioned Bridget again on Facebook. She picked up the soundtrack yeah, great. for Big Bad oh, yeah. Wolves. I mean, yeah. all right. It, was that committed. record store day? That's right, because- <laughs> man. She, she knows what she likes and she goes after that's it. A, that's a Sunday afternoon playlist if I ever heard one. <laughs> and then another one that actually our whole... Uh, Columbus Facebook community loves uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a killer movie. So good. And then uh, uh, you know a favorite of mine is the uh, it's uh, the original is a Mexican film. Yeah, it's from Mexico, and then the remake a couple of years later, an American film. We are what we are, oh. you know. And and that's one when they remade it, I was like, oh god, there's no way they can remake this movie. But what they did was they made a very American 
while still keeping to the roots of the film. So they're very different, but both wa- worth watching. If you're going to pick one or the other, the original is better, but they're great movies. Yeah, and I have, it's funny. I have a Facebook friend, uh, Lindsay, who I think is just, that's the most terrifying movie. She's never said she runs and hides and, and locks herself in the closet. The uh, original, though, the, right? Yeah. But then I brought up to her that there's a remake, you know, an American remake. No, no. <laughs> so... So yeah. that's a quick trip down the ones, ones that, yeah, when, before we narrowed it down to the short list, those were all on there, and if you haven't had a chance to see, uh, I'm sure most of them you probably have seen, but if there, there are a couple on there I'm sure you have likely haven't, and, and you even should at that, check out. even at that, that's a lot of titles, there's probably some we're forgetting. Oh, I'm sure. And so we're going to count on you guys, uh, you fright you know. clubbers, to let us know what Wagging they are. Wagging the finger, after Wagging you hear this, right. Or a tip of the hat, <laughs> we'll take that too. But we, we'll, we'll accept the wag, wag of the finger, if we have to live with it, we'll live with it. But uh, all right, we left off at number four, and this one came from just a, just a few years ago, and I think there's a part two coming out there soon, is. and it is The Conjuring. There's something horrible happening in my house. You picking up anything in here, hon? Something awful happened here, Ed. What is it? You have a lot of spirits in here, but there's one that I'm most worried about because it is so hateful. This thing has latched itself to your family. Okay, that one you probably remember since it's so, <laughs> it's assume, so, we assume you saw. It's Everybody so saw recent. That. Yeah, oh, yeah, boy, that made a ton of money. It did, and it's another one. I think we've talked about this before. That is PG thirteen. Crazy. It is because it's scary. And I mentioned last week uh, I made the mistake of watching The Descent, uh, the wrong version with my sister Julianne. <laughs> well, uh, when my family was in for Christmas the the year 2013 is when the the, the Conjuring came out, and when my sister my, my family was in for Christmas. My sister Julianne and I went to go see The Conjuring. It's right up her alley. First of all, it is PG-13. Um, and it's about, you know, it's a ghost in the house. It's a possession. The, you know, the uh, the demonologists are full-on Catholic, couldn't be more Catholic. I mean, the whole movie screams Julianne. Yeah. And so I talked her into going, and she did love it, but she bruised my arm because she just hung on to it. And she's a very strong person, and she just <laughs> clasped my arm. I think I saw that movie in the theater like four times. And while it's not the all-time greatest movie of all time, it, it certainly is. And there are certain things where you're like, you know, is that that rank odor? That rank odor is because there are six girls living in this house. It's because that, there's, a, there's a tuna sandwich behind the fridge somewhere or something. But, you know, there are things about it that are, are a little dumb. But on the whole, it holds up so well. And it's for me, it's just fun. It is an incredibly is fun. fun movie to watch. still scary, well-acted, yeah. well-paced, well-directed. Oh, yeah. Uh, well written, of course, based on the the Warrens, you oh, know, yeah. the, the true story. Uh, and that's their, the other thing that I liked, the, the way they just sort of at the very end, you know, the Cardinal wants to talk to us about a house in Long Island, a right. case in Long Island, you know, it's just like, they're just, the Amityville, the Amityville horror. horror, they're just yeah. dropping, they're just dropping things here and there, which I love. For me, the doll uh, didn't work that well, no, and then it, I also didn't really care for Annabelle, I thought it was pretty mediocre. It was, it had a couple of moments, but uh, yeah. especially when up against The Conjuring, it, yeah. it, it was, it was a little weak. But, but I loved The Conjuring. Yeah, it was one that was, as we said, scary, fun. And just uh, an all-around effective in a a bit of a dare I say old school type of way. I agree. I think so. James Wan directed it, um, and one of the things that I think he did really well was knowing when to use 
um, flesh and blood as opposed to effects. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, one of the movies that definitely did not make this list was Mama from a few years ago. And part of it is because I think that it did did some things really well. The performances were great. The little kids were great. I mean, the the youngest girl was freaky. Yeah, it was all CGI and it was bad. It was bad. And it ruined the entire movie. Well, he learned from that or he just is smart enough as a a filmmaker. He's a good filmmaker to know. And so he had flesh and blood effects where he needed them. And that was uh, that was the uh, that was everything. Huge difference, yeah. yeah. That monster ghost from uh, Mama reminded me so much of that cartoon ghost from Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> Remember that? The one that was like, give me back the slab. <laughs> you've ever seen Courage the Cowardly Dog. But it looked just like it. It was so bad. You so know what? bad. One day we're going to make it through a podcast where there's no cartoon references. <laughs> Why? Why would we do that? But yeah, bad. Uh, and, and good choices, like you just said. Especially the one on top of the dresser. Ah! Yeah, great. that's the one. That's the one, man. Great. That's one where I thought my sister was going to break my femur. <laughs> so The Conjuring comes in at number four, and and number three. I don't know. We have to apologize, us, but we talked. Ended up talking so much about this last week, and I know I'm to we, blame. That's I'm right. I'm to blame for that. Shoot me. <laughs> but uh, at number three, you guys just moved in, huh? How do you know? I live next door to you. What happened there? Some kids from school. I'll help you. But you're a girl. I'm a lot stronger than you think I am. I found my body a few days ago. Victim completely drained of blood. Please don't see that boy again. What are you, really? I need blood to live. That's right. Let me in. And of course, the reason it came up last week is because Let the Right One In was in our top five uh, for the first decade of this uh uh, the 2000s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's true, though, as much as it's hard for me to get you to just talk about one without the other. <laughs> you know, this is really underseen. It was surprising how, yes. how few people were interested in it. I but know. And it, it, made, it made me mad. Yeah. Because, as I said last week, it's, it's got everything. It, it's, it's got a solid story. It's, you know, it's a vampire story. And it's bloody. It's more bloody than the original. Oh, yeah. So if that's what you like, you know, it's got more of that. Um, and for me, uh, it's uh, the thing, the reason to see this, the thing that this does better than the original is the Richard Jenkins role, who's also, of course, one of the best reasons to see Captain in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, really right. almost anything. And a great he's actor. Yeah. And uh, he's um, he makes the, the caregiver role. He just gives it so much more heart. He's heartbreaking. And and for me, it actually makes the transition that is the point of the film. Let me in. Mm-hmm. The whole point of that is, is I think, made a lot stronger in the remake because of that. Because you really feel for the Richard Jenkins character. And you come to realize that's who Cody Smith-McPhee is right. becoming. Yeah. And the two kids, both Cody and Chloe yeah. Moretz, they're great. both great. Yeah, they're, I and, love and, Cody Smith McPhee and everything. And as you mentioned last week, it also has a very coming of age component to oh, it. Oh, sure. That works on that level, mm-hmm. regardless of whether she's a vampire or not. He's getting bullied at school. She <clears throat> can help with that. And uh, and there's a great line because yeah. that might even be in the trailer that it we was, played. Yeah. yeah, but you're a girl. <laughs> I'm a little, <laughs> lot stronger than you think I am. <laughs> um, and it was one, and this has happened a few times. Um, where, we, where you're worried and, and really scared about them making an American remake, case in point, Old Boy, uh, where they just right, that's ruin always our it. Go-to. Why, they ruin you know. it. But there's, a, there's plenty, oh, of, plenty millions, of others. Millions. So when we heard they were remaking, no, don't do it. And this is one that really rose to the occasion. It's not better than no, the original, no. but it's, it's... It's good. It's a good it's movie. It's good in its own way. And it's, and it's, got, it's got enough differences that it's, it's, you, you just see both. And it even alters that glorious swimming pool scene at the end, alters it just enough to make it unique, but it's it's 
also very, very good. Yep. So, uh, yeah, let me in. I know we, we talked about it way too much. That's my fault last week. But uh, that is at number three for the countdown, which leads us to number two. Boy, these next two are, are heavy hitters and, and recent recent movies. So you probably guess where we're going. Here's number two. You can't get rid of the pepper dog. Yeah, just from just from last year. Has it only been last year? Yeah, it was last the year. The Babadook. And, and we, we listed it um the best horror film of two thousand fourteen, one of the top ten movies of two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Just and, and honestly, it it was so close to being a tie for one. Mm-hmm. It was really a toss up. Yeah, Babadook because, is just brilliant. And we one of the many things about it, we are members we're based here, as we've said in Columbus, Ohio, and we are members of the Central Ohio Film Critics Association. And every year we get together and we do awards mm-hmm. for the for the year in movies, and this past year, the entire, not just the two of us, our entire membership voted Essie Davis as Best Actress of the Year That's right. for that role in That's The Babadook. That's right, because she's, yeah, she's, she's brilliant. Great. She's brilliant, and you know who else is brilliant? Noah Wiseman, the little boy. That boy, yeah. Because, as we've said before, I mean, you love him, and you want to throttle him, but that's and that's important. Very important, yeah. very important. Yeah. That leads to the point, you know, oh, we yeah. think, at the end. But it, it's set up well, it's... Um, yeah, the acting is great. It's, it's filmed well. Filmed you know, very you well. Don't, it, it's not a lot of trickery. There's not a lot of effects, but but there's just, you know, these angles and colors and elongated uh, hallways. Just yeah. enough. Shadows. Just, just enough macabre sort of uh, looking rooms to, I think, really um, imitate a child's imagination, which is the most important thing. I mean, that's, you know, it's 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 as if the mother has been sucked into the terror of a child's imagination and then the whole movie can't get out of it and it's one of the things that makes it so very effective yeah and the uh the cool way he uses the pop-up book you know the pop-up graphics that uh crazy looking you know babadook paper it's not it's not paper mache you know what i'm saying it's a pop-up yeah paper out of a book but uh, yeah it's it's and if you get a chance and i want to thank uh bridget again for this she hit me to the um the original the trailer, uh, short, the short, the I'm short sorry, the film short, Monster, yeah. Monster that it came from, which is very cool to to watch. It's it's certainly not as good. It's a lot more crude. Sure, you can tell it's a very it's a rough idea. What's how she got the money to make the yeah that needs fleshed out, yeah. but it's good. And you you could see, boy, there's something here. Uh, and it's even more for my money. It's even more blatant about the point, the subtext, of the, the subtext of the movie. Uh, it's, it's even more blatant. So for that reason, I think it's it's good that she went a little more subtle mm-hmm. for the uh, for the big uh, feature length movie. But because it sets up the fact that the boy, he he feels a threat and he feels afraid. And why does he feel afraid? Right. Because of the the vibes he's getting about how his mom feels about the situation, her situation, a single parent, right. with him. He's right. yeah, you know, and it all comes back to her. At the you know at the very end, hope you've seen it already. Uh, she's basically going to live with this quote unquote monster, yep. and feed it, and she's feeding it at the end. So okay, we're going to come to a truce about this, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that's more clear in the in the short film. So if you want to look that up, I believe it's just on YouTube. Yeah, monster, mm-hmm. uh, really worth seeing. But uh, certainly the uh, the the full length version because. You know that's always that's not always easy to do. Take a short film and you expand it. You have to add how many odd minutes? At least sixty or so. Mm-hmm. That's that's hard to do. I mean, you can have a rough outline that makes a good short film, uh, but then to really make it so much 
better. It's funny, it was just two of the really great movies from last year, though, did yeah. it? That Whiplash, and Whiplash. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it's not always that way, especially yeah. when you see something like, I know it's not the same, but you see you know, a lot of these Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live skits that are made into you know, major... Or TV shows. Or that TV are turned, shows. Yeah. So many of them are, are just utter failures that uh, you have to flesh it out. And uh, in this case, it's even better because you can really... She, she, uh, Jennifer ha- Kent. Jennifer Kent, yeah, has the time to build it more slowly. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, which to me makes it even more effective. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And it's got enough jump out scares. It does. You know, it's not a slasher film by any no. means. But it works on a on a intellectual level, mm-hmm. on a on a uh, psychological psychological level, level a subconscious level, uh, and, and also just right, yeah, just right the right up front. You know, there's enough super creepy stuff going on that yeah. you're you're absorbed from the beginning. Yeah, and again, I think the the topper of all of it, although there's not a single thing about the movie that's not done well, but Essie Davis's performance is the is is just icing on the cake. She's yeah. so good. So Jennifer Kent is was one to really watch now uh, yeah. about what she's going to do in the future because. You know, is she going to, I, I seriously doubt it, stay in only the, the quote-unquote horror genre? Probably, Probably not. not. And, and, and good for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see what she can do. But, boy, this is a good start. Yeah. A really good start. So that, yeah, crazy. But that only came in at number two. And number uh, one is another fairly new filmmaker, young filmmaker, that will be one to keep an eye on. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me. And I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. Yeah, if you've listened uh, to the podcast over the last few weeks, we've talked about this a lot. In fact, we've de- dedicated one whole uh, episode yeah. to it. Uh, and, it, and it's worth it. It follows just from this year. that It just exploded um, on the scene, as I'm sure you know, it got so much buzz right right away. And, and, and for good reason. For good reason. Everybody just proclaiming how good it is. And then when we got a chance to see it somewhat early and just right away, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this is really, really effective in another, like we talked about the Babadook, psychological. It's not a slasher film either. Hmm. Although it kind of sets itself sets itself up to to make you think it's going to be, and I think that's from one that of the, opening. Yeah, that was a little more well, grisly you know, than got, I thought. You got a handful of attractive teens, and you just feel like they're just going to get picked off one by one by one. Yeah, the opening, uh, yeah, the, ooh, yeah, that yeah, girl on the beach, yeah, yeah a little yeah. more grisly than it the was. rest of the movie really was. Yeah. Um, and the you know the movie pays tribute to some of the greatest teenage horror movies and especially um uh, the ones that come off as being sort of a cautionary tale about promiscuous per- promiscuity which is not really what this film is no, although you no. could see it that way you could see it that way but course, you got to look deeper than yeah, that yeah it's it's being called the std of horror movies yeah, but, but that's, yeah that's it's, selling there's it so short. much more oh yeah. yeah but i think what what the film does really well is to take all of the expectations that you have and almost use them to lull you into thinking you know what's going to happen. But then, for and, and then you know what? When we did the full podcast, one of the things we did not mention that everybody else has mentioned is the soundtrack. Right, and and shame on us for that. That's right. Because it is, it really adds to the overall atmosphere. It the, does. It the gives overall it a, mood. Yeah, gives yeah. it a throwback quality. Oh, it does. But, it, I mean, there's so many things about the, the film as a whole that's, that, that reminds you of Halloween. Oh, right away. Or of just John, Ca- just John Carpenter generally. Yeah, it just... I think from the very first, one of the very first scenes of her, the the, the girl, the first girl, coming out of the house and oh, crossing yeah. the street. Oh, yeah. Just crossing the street. I'm thinking, of how, even though she was, of course, panicked 
and in the early early. But it's just it's just the suburban street yeah. that she was on, and yeah. it's you know the the leaves are falling, and it's the big yeah. white houses. Yeah, it's Halloween very, all over the place. Very, and then and then the other thing for for me that was probably the most effective thing about it was the camera movement yeah. and the way the camera would circle around yeah. and snake around and that you, the audience, knew to be checking the periphery before the characters exactly. did. And that was so creepy and so effective to me, you know, is that I'm like, like circle back, circle back, circle back. Is that, is that woman still walking toward the building? Yes. Like, oh my God, there she is. Especially the one at the school, oh, yeah. when they're in the school. Mm-hmm. And you see that that figure all the way, all mm-hmm. but you're, if your eye catches it, that's the one right yeah. there. And, 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 you know, and throughout the entire rest of the movie, you're scanning yes. the peripheral for that, which yes. was, you know, just genius. It really was. Um, and, and, you know, there are a lot of things. There's a scene. There's a, you know, homages. It's clearly not ripoffs. There's a scene that's right out of Halloween where she's sitting in the classroom and she sees outside yeah. the window. Yeah. And then there's a scene right out of, of um, A Nightmare on Elm Street where, she's, on where she's where she's upstairs in her bedroom and she can Call. tell her boyfriend yeah. across the street yeah. is about to die and she's yeah. calling and he's not picking up. Yeah, there are so many ways that, that he very cleverly um, and without like a wink and a nod just kind of, you know, worked some of the, the canon into this film just to make it sort of embrace what it was. But at the same time, it w- it's a very, very different movie. Yeah. And I all... Um it was after that we did the, the the podcast just about this movie. I read um, a breakdown of it. One one guy's opinion was that it was all about the whole culture today of no privacy and NSA and someone is always following you, that type of thing. Which, okay, I can't go there 100%. I, I see the point. I'm not going to go all in and say that's the entire point of the movie. I don't no, think it is. No, I don't think but it is either. But I can see I can where it, see it lends to some of the tension. to some of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hadn't... Uh, gone there and we didn't discuss that part of it but i but i read it in this guy's opinion and it was well thought out uh, but it didn't affect me on that level 100 percent. but but maybe if you're of an age where those characters are maybe that's their world today i don't know um but i it's it was an interesting theory i can't say that i'm behind it all the way but it's, it's one way to think about it but you know one of the things that we liked about it that we found so odd about it was that it, it's almost a time out of time Yes. You know, like yeah, their their TVs have antennas, and they're, they're watching, watching old, old shows, old creature features. Yep, but she's know? got that what that no, it's, it's not like a BlackBerry. A, it's no, like it's an a, e-reader. An it's e-reader. like a little yeah. shell, like a seashell shaped yeah. e-reader. Yeah, it's 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 just so odd. And for me, it I think it helps sort of span the generational audience because the movie needs a nostalgic feel about it. And I think if they were too immediate, too present tense. That would make it harder for somebody like me to feel nostalgic about it. It would just seem mm-hmm. like a you know a modern slasher, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. And it also means that you know, fifteen years from now, it's not going to seem well, quite as strangely out of date. And it's also even if you're not realizing it on a bit of a subconscious level, it's another way that you're just put off balance. Yeah, you can't really get a hold. What is what's going on? What? Yeah. What? Why don't That's they? True. Why don't they get on their cell phones? Why don't they? Well, do they even have cell? You know, you're just you're constantly off balance. And like you said, it sets you up. For not knowing where it's going, right. even though you think you do. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the other thing that, um, you know, if you go back to even the 80s uh, and to a uh, lesser degree, the 90s, uh, this is an independent film and a, and a fairly low budget horror film. And even the really great ones, the where they suffer the most is in the acting. I mean, even if you take A Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, uh, Nancy can't act. Yikes, a lot no. of them can't act. Right. You know, and if you look at actually, uh, that's that's for me the the biggest problem of all of Wes Craven's films is that he tends to hire actors who cannot act. And it's probably because the pool for so little money was pretty, you know, some slim pickings. 
these kids can act, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they and their performances are like an indie drama, not like a horror movie. They're very effectless. They are very naturalistic performances, which uh, also helps the whole movie feel more unsettling because it feels more authentic. Yeah, that's that's so true. And just one of the one of the factors that goes into making it making it so effective. And number one, what do we say by by an eyelash over yep. Baba Duke? Right. Just just an eye, just an eyelash. Uh, it follows just from this year uh, at the top of our top five for the first half of the 2010s, which really just sets us up for we're expecting great things from the second yes, half. Yes, we are. Uh, I mean, wow. We're expecting great things just for the rest of this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because as, boy, as all the, those titles, like we said, that we ran down that didn't quite make it. That's some serious, serious ammunition. There. And that reminds me that next week what we're going to do. The the five movies that I don't think you've seen, not you, George, but you listeners, I don't think you've seen that you really need to see. Woo. That's that's going to be next week I because cannot. of so many that we had to skip that I really wanted to talk about. I can feel some people right now just thought, oh, you're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. I it's have a gauntlet. seen it. I've thrown the gauntlet. <laughs> Throw it down. That's right. Um, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. And then no. after that, you can pick a topic. Okay. Well, can I? <laughs> do I get to do something? <laughs> But uh, that's our top five, so uh, please point us out, uh, you know, a, a wag of the finger or a tip of the hat. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Mad Wolf. You can find us on Facebook. We're at, uh, we're Mad Wolf Columbus. Two Ds. Yeah, for for the uh, Facebook page. And uh, and you can always hit up the Golden Spiral Media feedback line as well. That's fun. That's at 304-837-2278, Golden Spiral Media. By the way, full of award-winning podcasters. Yeah. A great lineup of a great lineup of, uh, of podcasts there, just to check them out in general. But that's right. And also, we want to thank uh, Corey Metcalf because he's a he's a compatriot over there, and he's from Australia. And we kind of volunteered him to do a podcast with us upcoming about the best Aussie horror. And uh, yeah, so we're going to get to that. Yeah, we are. And you can check him out. He does the triple cast on yeah. uh, Golden Spiral Media. So a lot going on there. And uh, and please, as we like to say, keep the conversation going with us anytime on Twitter at Mad Wolf. So next week it is Hope just throwing it down. That's right. Saying, I don't think you've seen this. And sticking you know her what? tongue out when she if says it. If you have a thought about that, you know, send it my way and I'll see if it makes the list. Yeah. Maybe there's one that says, you know what? I don't think you've seen this. I haven't seen Headless. <laughs> I'm just going to admit it. I haven't there seen Headless. Go. I'm working on it. I'm All working right. on it. We're going to see if we can take care of that. All right. So until next week, this is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf. And uh, until then, stay frightful, my friends. <laughs>